Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Okay, hello, and welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I'll be your host today. Thank you for tuning in. Today, uh, I'm going to talk about a... uh, a struggle that I went through this week. Uh, We're talking about programming control modules and a lot of times programming control modules goes really smooth. You purchase the equipment, which uh, maybe that's the biggest hardship a lot of the time is (laughs) spending the money and selling the software, getting it set up. But once you're to that point, a lot of the times, once you're equipped, once you're set up, you just go out, you plug in, you hit a few buttons, and you're good to go. And, man, it's it's easy money when everything goes smooth. But, of course, uh, just like everything else in this business, a lot of times things don't go so smoothly. <laughs> and uh, that's my story for you today as uh, to talk a little bit about programming, to talk a little bit about the system uh, on this particular vehicle, and uh, just, uh, again, struggling through a challenge, but, uh, you know, figuring it out, making it happen. Um, so this was just a unfortunate series of events on this one that made it uh, the uh, the highlight of my week, at least uh, maybe not for a great reason, but it definitely was. So uh, here's the uh, scenario. I was called out to program a transmission control module on a 2014 Ford Fiesta. Okay, and this particular vehicle uses what is called a automatically shifted manual transmission, and I'm sure a lot of you have run into these in a number of different makes and models. They use them in the Ford Focuses, the Ford Fiestas, uh, even the like the Dodge Darts use these uh, with the dual clutch setup. So you don't have a clutch pedal, uh, you don't have a manual gear shift. It's an automatic gear shift. You look inside the vehicle. Uh, but the transmission actually has, you know, gear-to-gear contact and synchros, just like a manual transmission, and it uses a dual clutch setup in order to disengage power from the engine, and it has shift forks that uh, are going to engage the different gears. So, you know, power flow is going to work similarly to a manual transmission, but there's no clutch pedal. Uh, there's no requirement for the driver of the vehicle to drive it like it was a stick. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes uh, for a description on how one of these transmissions works in case you don't work on them, you're not familiar with how it operates. But anyways, on these particular Ford applications, the Fiestas and the Focuses of this year range, 2000 gosh, what am I seeing a lot? 2012 plus on these I'm seeing, I've been doing just a ton of these TCMs lately. And I guess the transmissions themselves have trouble too. I can't really speak to that because I don't do a whole lot of the 
repair on those, but I do know that I'm doing a ton of TCMs on these. And they did have some sort of recall, but a lot of them must not fall under the factory recall because I get called out to a lot of independent shops on these vehicles to program TCMs after they've been installed. Um, so these things go out quite a bit. If you work on them, you've probably already seen them. Uh, if not, you will be at one point or another. So anyways, uh, pretty typical because, again, I've done a lot of these. I've, I've, this is one of the, probably one of the more common uh, control modules I've seen in the last uh, year or two. So I get out there, and uh, the vehicle is out in the middle of the lot, actually, to this uh, independent repair shop that I go to. So I go out there to check out the vehicle, and it doesn't crank, which I'm not too surprised because if the vehicle doesn't know the transmission uh, range what gear that it's in it's not going to operate the starter because well, what if it's in drive or reverse it's not going to operate the starter in that case it needs to know the transmission position with it not programmed that's not going to happen um, so we pushed it into the shop and then i asked them you know what the deal was with this they said they told me the customer installed the transmission control module on this vehicle and then they just had it towed to the shop uh, for them to do the rest of the work. Um, now, I don't know the story beyond that, you know, why they replaced the TCM, but I guess in this case, I'm not too surprised because they go out all the time. So uh, we get it into the shop, we push it in, hook up my voltage maintainer. Anytime you're going to program a control module on any vehicle, you want to use a voltage maintainer, and this is not a battery charger, this is not a jump pack, this is not a, another vehicle with jumper cables hooked up to the battery. This is a voltage maintainer that it supplies clean voltage without fluctuations to the electrical system of the car you're working on. And what that allows to happen is, again, no voltage fluctuations so that when you are writing information to a control module with whatever tool you're using, when you're actually hooked up to the car, there are no fluctuations because that, that programming that you do is a bunch of little zeros and ones being pulsed to a control module using voltage. Okay, so there's going to be zeros and there's going to be ones, and I don't know what they all mean, but some programmer somewhere does. But the way those are transferred to a control module is over voltage pulses, on a wire, on a copper wire, on a circuit. And if there's a voltage fluctuation, all of a sudden a zero becomes a one or a one becomes a zero when it shouldn't. And that can create a, a paperweight out of a module um, if the wrong information is written to a processor you're done. So uh, one of the most important things, one of the, th the things that I see people miss when they're doing programming is the fact they don't use a voltage maintainer. They use a battery charger. Now, a battery charger, your typical standard battery charger, is going to have a lot of voltage fluctuation. If you were to scope it, you're going to see a lot of fluctuation in those, um, just in the system voltage, as opposed to a clean voltage source. Now, a jump pack doesn't work because you're actually going to have the voltage slowly drop over time from a jump pack. Even if it's a good strong jump pack, it's not going to stay at a steady voltage the entire time. And that's what you want. So again, I hook up my voltage maintainer. I'll put a link in the show notes to the one that I purchased. It's worked really well for me. Pushes out to over 100 amps 
while keeping a flat voltage level in the entire vehicle system while you're programming. So you just hook it up, you make sure it's connected, and you don't have to worry about that portion of it from there on out. Um, <laughs> as long as the uh, circuit breaker doesn't uh, pop where you have it plugged into the 120 volt source, which did happen to me one time, so I always uh, ask before I plug it in. You think this circuit can handle this, or are we going to have any issues here? But uh, that's the downside to going to other shops, is you don't know how their uh, their shop is actually set up. Anyways, to move on, um, I uh, go ahead and I hook up my IDS that I use. Uh, I use a Panasonic Toughbook. Uh, it's actually, I'm still using an old CF-19 with Windows 7 Pro on it for my IDS, uh, at least up until this point. Uh, this is what I was using, and I had actually just updated this uh, the day before to 117.03, I think was the newest update. And if you've worked with Fords at all lately, you know sometimes their updates are a little sketchy. You don't know if you're going to have any testament errors or anything like that, anything goofy. So I'm always a little cautious when I go into it. But I did the latest update because I was quite a bit behind. I was still in... I think 116.01, so I felt I I needed to do the update, give it a shot, see how it goes. So uh, I got a little bit of caution going into this anyways, but I hook up my IDS and I go to uh, program this control module and I go in and I go into the PMI and it doesn't seem to want to go through saying that there's no communication with the control module. And I go in and I specifically try to talk to the TCM, the control, mo- the transmission control module on this vehicle, and there is no communication. There's also some codes set in other control modules saying that same thing that, hey, we can't talk to this control module. Okay, so um, immediately if you're, if you're trying to program something and you can't talk to it with the scan tool, and this is with the new control module installed on the vehicle, there is an issue. All right, you should at least be able to talk to that control module. It might have codes. Uh, it might not function the way that it's supposed to before the programming, but you should be able to communicate with it at, in some form with a scan tool, and I can't. So I know there's an issue, and I run into this from time to time. So I asked the shop, hey, do you know anything more about this? Because, again, the customer installed their own module. I know at this point, uh, and they, they don't know anything. They're like, yeah, I just, just got towed here, and they wanted us to take care of this. So like, do you want me to look into it, or do you want to look into it? And they're actually pretty busy at this shop, uh, which is a good thing right now because a lot of the shops I've been to lately have been really slow. They had enough work. Uh, they just said, yeah, why don't you just figure it out? You're already here. You got all your stuff. So I said, okay, I'm going to look into that. And so first things first, let's check some fuses. Uh, that's the easy checks to make. I pull up power supply to this TCM and all the fuses that actually are supposed to supply power to it, check out. So next thing is, I just want to go to the module. You can't talk to a module. First thing you should do is, well, give it a visual. Make sure that's actually plugged in, especially if a customer installed their own part. Uh, that's <laughs> obviously something you want to do. But then the next thing is going to be check powers and grounds to it. So I raise the vehicle up on a hoist and I access the TCM, which is on the, uh, this would be on the driver's side of the vehicle on the end of the transmission. Now this is a front wheel drive vehicle, um, but you can see the module from the bottom uh, very clearly. It's a pretty large module, has two large plugins in it. 
And I take a look and these plugins use uh, like a lever in order to connect them completely to actually latch them down. Um, and those seem to be intact. They seem to be there. Um, but I look at the wiring diagram and the top connector actually contains all the powers and grounds for this module. There are two constant powers that are there all the time, two switched powers, and four grounds. So this should be pretty easy. I just need to check all these powers and grounds with a key on. So that's what I do. I leave the key on. I unplug the top connector. I pull it off, and I check all four of my circuits. And actually, I had no powers to this thing. All four of my powers had no had nothing, had no voltage, but I did have a ground. So, I mean, right away, that's my issue. Now, was this a, the original issue? I don't know. Who knows? Again, when you don't get the full story on it, that, that can be an issue. You don't know where they started from. Again, these TCMs are so common, I wouldn't be surprised if it was actually out. But, um, okay, let's let's dig into this a little bit more and see. So, I take a look at, at the wiring diagram. I'm just going to start with my constant battery feed because I know I should have that. It's not there. It should be there present all the time. And I did have power on the fuses that provided this constant power to the control module. So I know there's got to be a break somewhere between the connector at the control module and the fuse block. And there's actually not that far of a physical distance between the two. The fuse block is under the hood right in front of the master cylinder, which sits right directly over top of the transmission. So, I mean, we're talking less than a foot and a half of physical distance between the two. I should be able to give it a good visual and see what's going on here. And in the diagram, I can see that there is only one connector in between those two. So the smart money is on locating this one connector and checking it out. I mean, if you only have one connector and a foot and a half of distance between two things, that's a great place to start because even if the connector is not the problem, then at least you can split the circuit into two, you know, cut it in half and decide on which direction you need to go. Well, I find this connector and this connector is actually located underneath the driver's side headlamp assembly. And it also has a big lever that latches the connector together. And this is a this is a big connector. I, I don't remember how many pins were on there, but um, it was over 20 pins on this connector, lots of different circuits. And again, there's a big lever on this connector. Well, I take a look at this connector and the lever is actually flipped in the closed position completely. But I look at the connector and the connector is actually not snapped together all the way. It's intact, but it's not pushed in all the way. Well, I flip it over and this connector is actually broken. So if you've ever dealt with these connectors that have the big levers on them, they almost operate kind of like little gears. As you rotate the lever, you're pushing against a plastic part of the connector pushing it together as you flip that lever. Well, if these connectors break and some of these little plastic tabs come off, you can't actually snap the connectors together even if you flip the lever. You can flip the lever, but the connectors don't move necessarily as far as they're supposed to. And that was the case here. This connector was not flipped all the way. Or I'm sorry, the connector was flipped all the way, but the plastic pieces that were broken off didn't allow it to actually connect all the way. So I open the lever, I seat the connector, and as I flip the lever, I push this connector together. And there was a little bit of sand and stuff in there, so I really had to give it a good shove. But I got this connector together, 
And as soon as I did that, I went down, I checked, I had my powers that I was missing at this TCM, at this control module. So I said, okay, great. You know, let's, let's give this thing a shot now. Maybe I, maybe I solved it, you know, <laughs> whether they had a bad control module before or not. Well, guess what? I'm programming this one because that's what I got called out to do. And now I'm getting paid for a diagnostic as well, but that's just, that's part of the job. That's the way it goes. And that's actually the way I get a lot of my diagnostics is coming out for a programming that doesn't work for one reason or another. And then, you know, I'm there and I'll, I'll, do my best to solve the actual issue. So anyways, um, get everything plugged back in, back in order. I had to put the air box back in place to, in order to access that connector into the headlight. And I go back to my IDS and I try to communicate with the TCM, which I can. I can now talk to the TCM. Okay, it's got its powers and grounds and you can actually hear all the uh, little motors and stuff. Because uh, this, this TCM, it physically controls some motors that move the the shift forks inside the transmission and so you can hear this thing moving it's like um, as you um, operate it and so i know this thing's active it's uh, it's awake and i can talk to it with the ids cool let's program this thing so i go into the pmi again and i give it a shot to try to program this and it does not work it says that the calibrations for this control module can't be found on the tester. Okay, and that's actually a pretty normal message that you get during the forward testing. Uh, you know, would you like to check on the network? And so I checked on the network and it didn't seem to come up with anything. And it tells me to do as-built uh, to get the as-built data. So I go in through as-built, um, which was a little unusual because I generally don't have to do these with these TCMs. Generally, I do the PMI, it pulls the data from the Ford server, and I'm good to go. And I've done a ton of these things, so it was a little odd. But I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll try the as-built function, which if you're in module programming for Ford, it's just a couple steps down from the PMI. You go into as-built, and I tried pulling the data for this vehicle that way. Um, through the IDS. Try this again. It goes through a bunch of cycles and doesn't seem to be working and doesn't seem to be working. And I get to a point where it's showing part numbers for the control module in the IDS and it comes up with blanks. Like there's no part number. And so it's not able to find any <laughs> matching part number through the server. And I wasn't really sure what to do at this point. Uh, you know, I've done some Ford as-built stuff, but I wouldn't call myself an expert in it. I know you can pull as-built data off of their website, but again, I've done enough of these to know that something is kind of strange here. Something's not normal because these usually go really smoothly. Uh, again, you just do the PMI and you're good to go. So I start messing around and I'm looking in the vehicle again i want to make sure okay i can communicate with this thing right because it doesn't seem to be pulling the information off this module in order to program it and i can communicate with the tcm but the tcm has some communication codes in it and i actually did an all system dtc scan and there were several other modules that also had communication codes in them as well now i'm not too terribly surprised at this for an unprogrammed control module, but it, it does strike me as kind of strange. Again, for some reason, I can't program this thing. Um, I double-checked all my connectors to make sure I didn't miss any powers or grounds because I thought, okay, well, maybe, 
you know, maybe I missed something along the way here uh, when I latched that connector together. And again, I can talk to it with the scan tool. Uh, I can actually communicate with it and pull codes, look at data stream. I even did this. I went into the um, relearns. So after you program one of these control modules, and again, this is usually after the programming, there's three relearns on these TCMs that you need to perform. It's adaptive clutch learning is the name for these transmissions. And most shops actually have the capability of doing the relearns with their scan tools, Autel, Snap-on, Launch, whatever. But I just do it as part of my service when I do these TCMs because I figure, you know what, I'm in there. I got the IDS. I'm charging them money. Let's, I'll, I'll take care of the relearns. I don't have a problem doing that. So I just tried it just to see what would happen. Is this thing functional? Is it working? And it actually allowed me to perform the transmission range relearn where it learns the position of the shifter in the vehicle park reverse neutral drive low and you go through and you put it into each one of those gears you hit learn it learns the position and then it moves on to the next test which is the shift drum and once i got into that point it wouldn't let me do that relearn so again this really doesn't mean a whole lot to me at this point i just wanted to see is this thing functional is it working and it kind of seems to be but I, again i'm not a hundred percent the communication codes that i have in other modules seem to be kind of random too i have a code in the tcm saying it can't communicate with the instrument panel i have a code in the instrument panel saying it can't communicate with the tcm I have a code in the ABS saying that it can't communicate with the PCM slash TCM. And I'm really, again, not, not 100% sure what's going on here. Uh, was this the original issue? Uh, did I create an issue messing around with the connector? I, I'm not sure. So I ended up checking my CAN bus because I just wanted to scope it. And I want to see what's going on. Do I have like a network comms issue that I'm dealing with? Uh, first thing I did was power it down to a quick ohm check of the network between 6 and 14 on the OBD2 connector, and I have 60 ohms. That's what I would expect to see on any CAN bus network. You have two 120 ohm terminating resistors in parallel, so I have my 60 ohms there. That's good. And so then I move on to a live check with the Pico, and I look at the network, and I have a great waveform on both sides of the network. Two and a half resting voltage, high side gets pulled to three and a half, low side gets pulled to two and a half during transmission. The messages look clean. Everything on the CAN network looked good, but I still have some communication codes. So at this point, I, I got to ask a little bit more. I got to get some more detail here on which direction I want to go because um, the one thing that was burning in the back of my mind here is like, is this a Ford IDS update issue? Is that what I'm fighting here? You know, because I hadn't used my IDS since I updated it. Um, do I have some weird network issue? I don't I don't feel like I do, but who knows? Um, my other question in my head is, number one, what was the original issue? Was this the original issue? Was it something else? And also, where did the customer get this control module from? Because this is something else that I've run into before as well. Programming is the wrong part or just a defective part is put into the vehicle. And then I am asked to come in and program something. And of course, it's not going to work because it's either the wrong part or a defective part. 
and my, the programming is just not going to happen. And that may be one of these scenarios here. So I talk to the shop and I get them to talk to the customer. And, and the piece of information that I was looking for, I got was that they replaced this with a module off of eBay. And so they paid, you know, 80 bucks for it. Um, when the list priced on these things is actually like 400, I think you can purchase them for, you know, two and a half to 80, but the, the list price is 400 and they got it for 80 bucks. Well, you know, you, you get what you pay for a lot of the time. So at this point I say, I'm not even going to mess around with this thing anymore. I've already kind of dinked around with it and wasted enough of my time. Get a Ford module for it one way or another, whether it's a customer or the shop. And then give me a call. I'll come back. I'll finish the programming for you. So I get paid for my time that I was there for. And I told him, you know, call me back and we'll, we'll make this happen once you get a Ford module in there. And uh, hopefully that resolves all the issues. But until I have a, you know, a known good module in there, I'm not going to waste a whole lot of my time trying to chase down some ghost of a network issue. So uh, that's where I ended, and then I left, and I went on to some other jobs. They called me back, said, we, we got the new module installed. Okay, cool. I'll run back. I'll program that, come in, and, yeah, they got a new Ford, brand-new Ford module in. Cool, this should be no problem. Hook my voltage maintainer up again. Uh, this was later that same day. And I go to program this control module. I can talk to it. Um, I can get in there. I go to do my PMI. And it goes to pull the information from the server. And this is this is kind of really where my day started to go south. It couldn't pull the information from the server. It said, you're not connected to the internet. I'm like, uh, okay, let's check that out. Because I use a AT&T mobile hotspot for my internet. And then I have my phone as a hotspot as the backup. So I got a backup internet because you need internet for programming, for service information, to download calibrations from uh, websites, whatever it might be. You got to have internet when you're doing this stuff mobile. So I, I have a backup to my internet. And I look and my Wi-Fi hotspot's working. I switch to my phone just in case. My computer, my CF-19, my tough book, that I actually really like this old thing. That's why I've kept it for so long. It is not working. The, the Wi-Fi will not work. No matter what I do, there are, for what this computer says, there are no Wi-Fi signals present. There's nothing around. And I know the shop has Wi-Fi. I don't see it on there. I don't see it listed. I try my phone hotspot. I try the other hotspot. There's nothing listed on the Wi-Fi for this computer. And I'm, I'm trying everything I can to get it to work. I restart it. I do this. I do that. Uh, go into the network settings. And I'll be honest, you know, I can stumble my way through computer problems, but I'm not a computer expert. I'm not an IT professional. That's not my, <laughs> my main career. Um, obviously, you got to have... Uh, some knowledge on that stuff if you want to do programming, but I didn't see any issues. I'm like, okay, well, I know my internet's working. I even tried connecting my phone to the hotspot internet, and I know, okay, my Wi-Fi is definitely working. This computer is not working. Well, I actually keep another CF-19 in the back of my car that I use for other things, so I swap the hard drive because I have, I have multiple hard drives. I have one for Ford, one for Chrysler, uh, one for Nissan, so on and so forth. And you can actually pull these hard drives right out of the CF-19s and put them in another one or put a different hard drive in that one. So I try another CF-19. Same thing. Can't pick up any Wi-Fi signal. I'm like, what the heck? And so I open up a separate laptop I had and I looked to see, 
can I pick up a Wi-Fi signal with that? Now this one I can't swap hard drives out of. This is a separate HP laptop and I can pick up my Wi-Fi signal. So I know it's something wrong with the hard drive that I'm using. My Ford hard drive, for whatever reason, is just not is not working. And I had some other jobs I had to finish up this day. So I tell the shop owner, I'm like, sorry, man, I just, I don't have time to <laughs> diagnose my computer issue and figure this out right at this moment. I'm gonna have to come back later tonight. And uh, they closed at five o'clock and it was already getting towards the end of the day. So um, he's like, well, they, they, they need this vehicle. Uh, I'm going to leave it outside. I'll let you know where the key is hidden and we'll leave you an extension cord. Uh, you, can you come back and figure this out later? And I'm like, yeah I, yeah, I get a lot of business from this shop and I'm definitely willing to help them out in this case. So I go home after my uh, last job of the day and I decide, okay, I got to figure out what's going on with this thing. Well, it turns out <laughs> the Wi-Fi driver for my laptop just decided to it's out and just decided to stop working in the middle of the day when it worked earlier and it would not work when I needed it to. And so, um, I had to find the Wi-Fi driver, uninstall it, reinstall it onto this laptop. Okay. Awesome. It works. So then I head back out there and it's almost, you know, seven 30 at this point and we hook up to it and get my voltage maintainer out and it's, it's getting dark at this point and cold, of course, but I do get the module programmed. I go in, finally, it does the PMI, it pulls the information from the Ford server, the programming goes through just like it's supposed to. Awesome, sweet. That's what I wanted from the start. Why couldn't this have been so <laughs> this easy? Um, and then I go to perform my relearns because again, you know, it's late, but it's part of my process. I'm going to perform these relearns. I'm going to get it done. So I go to the transmission range relearn. It doesn't work. It will not learn the park position no matter what I do. It says failed every time. And I'm, I'm really frustrated at this point because I was actually able to do the transmission range relearn even with the bad module, the $80 eBay module would do the trans relearn. So I look at this and the transmission range sensor is actually a separate sensor. It's not built into the module. It has a separate plug-in. I look under the hood, it's plugged in. And again, this vehicle's outside <laughs> on the ground. And I try to get underneath to see the connectors on the module. I can't see them and it's late at this point. So I, I texted the shop owner. I said, hey, this thing's programmed, but something's up. I don't think you plugged in one of the connectors all the way. And he texted me back the next morning, said, yeah, we didn't plug it in and we can do these relearns. Again, that's the transmission range. That's the shift drum and the clutch adaptive strategies. And you can do these with uh, launch and Autel tools. And I think Snap-on as well, probably others. Um, I usually do them with the IDS, but again, it's um, just a relearn that you have to do after you're done. He said he did the relearns after they snapped this connector back in. And it was all good to go. So anyways, I thought I'd share my struggles uh, that I had this week. Uh, you know, that just all of that time for a what should be a very simple routine programming. Sometimes some things just go south on you. And uh, that's the way it is. I'm sure you know how that goes in this industry. But we got to power through it. 
we got to make it happen. We are resilient and uh, we are essential. <laughs> um, so uh, we're just going to keep on trucking. We're going to keep on making it happen. So that's all I got for you today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Check out the show notes for all the details. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon.